0: This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the
1: Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Ready to talk a little jazz basketball there, Gordon? Yes, indeed. All right, let's get out to the Sprint Special Guest Line. Joining us now, he covers the jazz for the Salt Lake Tribune. You can follow him on Twitter at Trib Jazz. He's the one and only Eric Walden with us here on The Big Show. Hi, Eric. How are you? I'm spectacular. How's
2: it
0: going, guys? It's going well. And, Eric, don't take any crap from Andy about coming on our show. I I want you to make sure and give him just as much business back, you know. You
2: know, jealousy is a stinky cologne, Gordon. That's, that's what I'm chalking that up to.
1: <laughs> Eric, how, how is the offseason treating you? You know, one thing I love about the NBA is there really isn't an offseason. I mean, we've got the draft right around the corner, free agency, which should be uh, extraordinarily entertaining. The Jazz Summer League coming up, Vegas Summer League, and then before you know it, camp is here. So you find time to actually take a break during the offseason?
2: Uh, The pace is definitely a little bit slower. There's still plenty to do, but yeah, it it slows down a little bit so that I can uh, do things like listening to you guys discuss the virtues of a 27-foot three-point line and and the demise of the mid-range game, allegedly.
0: (laughs) Dare we even ask Eric what his opinion is on that? Absolutely. Well, what, what do you think, Eric? Do you miss the mid-range I'm so, game? Or? I'm
2: so glad you did because hearing you guys, I was inspired to do a little research. I understand your point, Gordon, but I have to tell you that I think, I think if you're worried that there's no mid-range game left in the league anymore, you are incorrect on that. <laughs> just from looking, just from looking up the numbers on NBA.com on their stats page, the top ten players in the league in mid-range field goal attempts this season. One and two, you're probably not surprised with Marcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan of the Spurs. But after that, we've got Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Colin Sexton, Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, Terrence Ross, Andrew Wiggins, C.J. McCollum. Paul George is 11th. D'Angelo Russell is 13th. Devin Booker, 14th. Damian Lillard, 17th. Kyrie Irving, 18th. We have a ton of players in the NBA taking a ton of mid-range shots and doing it effectively.
0: Hmm. Well, I guess my response to that would be, by far, the overwhelming number of shots come from the restricted area and from the three-point line.
2: Yeah, you're not incorrect. But as you guys astutely pointed out before, three is greater than two.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get far in math, but we got that much all understood. Uh, Eric, you have a story up right now uh, at the Tribune, on the Tribune website, uh, that the Jazz hope to land a big name in free agency, but if they don't, there are lots of more modest quality options. Tell our listeners a little bit about what you wrote. Yeah, so everyone,
2: you know, they've been taking a look at uh, the potential cap space the Jazz have, with Ricky Rubio being unrestricted and Derek Favors contract not being guaranteed until July 6th, and so everyone's kind of been looking at, you know, what are the options there in terms of signing a max-level free agent? We heard Kemba Walker's name come up for a while. We've heard Tobias Harris for a while. I just wanted to kind of take a look at kind of uh, guys who were a tier or two below that, you know, just in case the Jazz wind up not getting one of those guys. What are some options out there? Can they still come away with some guys who could help the team out and there's a lot of intriguing options you know the you know the, the, i've had some people reach out to me and say well no one on this list necessarily blows me away you know we've got names like Dwayne deadman a center from the atlanta hawks who shoots 38 percent from three-point range you got guys like al faruk aminu from the blazers seth curry from the blazers Darren Collison from the Pacers. The point of these names that I put together isn't that they're going to blow you away. It's that they're still very effective players who can make your team better.
1: Eric Walden with us from the Salt Lake Tribune, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Eric, you mentioned uh, Derek favors in the decision the Jazz have to make on him uh, by July 6th. How awkward uh, is that timing, given the, the Jazz want to retain the flexibility if they could land a, a, a free agent? But also, I, I know they value Derek's services. So how awkward does that timing make uh, the decision on him?
2: You know, it's not as awkward as you would think. When the Jazz were negotiating with Derek last year, because uh, you'll recall he was a free agent a summer ago as well, they basically had come up with kind of a figure that they were comfortable with, and, you know, they're going back and forth, and they wound up kind of mutually settling upon this option where Derek would, you know, willingly kind of put that second-year guarantee take it a little bit down the road to give the team the option of doing this in exchange for getting a little bit of more guaranteed salary than he would get from someone else. Um, now, if you look back at the locker clean-out day that they had the night, the uh, day after they were eliminated against the Rockets, when Derek Favors came up and people were asking him, do you want to be back? He did speak, you know, about how much he enjoyed the Jazz and how much he liked it here. But he also said... The, his main priority was for, he said, I need my deal picked up. He didn't phrase it as, I definitely need to be back in Utah. He said, I need my deal picked up. Now, that could mean the Jazz decide that, you know, they're not going to get one of these max level guys if they pick up Faye's contract for the second year. And then who knows what happens from there, you know? It doesn't necessarily mean that from that point on he remains in Utah. He could be packaged as part of a deal after that, going somewhere else for someone like, you know, Mike Conley, for instance. Who knows? There's lots of options.
0: Eric, we might not know the, the true individual names of players the Jazz are capable of, of uh, reeling in during the offseason. But what kind of player do you think they most need? You studied every game this year. What's lacking?
2: Well, what they really need are. Uh, two things, I would say. They need some guys who can be playmakers, who can kind of do a little bit more with the ball. Um, You know, they had Ricky Rubio who did that. They had Donovan Mitchell who did that. And given how often uh, Ricky Rubio was not in the lineup, you saw, like, numerous instances where the Jazz were missing all three main point guards, and then Donovan is thrust into this unfamiliar role of having to run the offense. And really, there were just too many instances where if Donovan wasn't capable of doing something, you had a bunch of guys who were just kind of standing around waiting for a kickout pass. Uh, so that's one big thing. And then the second big thing is bringing in more shooters. You heard Dennis Lindsay himself say, we need some sharpshooters at whatever position we can get them. Uh, the thing is, once those guys got the ball and fired it up, they weren't... You know, they were, they were a lot more prolific from three-point range this year. They weren't necessarily that much more efficient at it. So they need guys, you know, like it or not, it, it, it's a component of the game at this point. And so you need guys who can bury those at a higher rate than what they had last year.
0: Who are some of the best shooters? i uh, put you on the spot here. I don't know, Jake, maybe you know the answer to this, but who are some of the best shooters that may not have star-level names who can really fill it up, who, who the Jazz might have a shot at, at luring in?
2: Oh, yeah, that is putting me on the spot. Are you talking about guys who are free agents or potential trade targets? Yeah, oh. yeah
0: I guess either one, uh, I guess. It's hard to know who the targets are. Trade wise, but I mean, are there? Who, Jake? Do you know who's available? I mean, who can, I, who can f- fill it up?
1: My mind goes right to Bogdanovich from oh. Indiana. I don't know what Eric thinks about uh, him, but he's kind of the first name that pops up in my mind. Or, of course, you know, you look at Danny Green with uh, with Toronto. Yeah, we saw that last night.
2: Yeah, those are uh, those are two excellent names, Jake Boyan Bogdanovich is an unrestricted free agent. Uh, played with Indiana the last couple seasons. He's he came to the league a little bit older, so he's turning – I believe he's 30 years old already, but he a career-high 18 a game with the Pacers this year. Uh, you would figure he's going to get a raise from the $10 million salary he had. And then, yeah, Danny Green just absolutely lighting it up. He's a guy who I mentioned in my article today, Gordon, uh, as one of the top available wing guys. Six-foot-six, 3-and-D type guy, really good defender. And, yeah, if you watched last night's game, you know that he's deadly from three-point range. I think he
0: shot 45%
2: from deep this season for Toronto.
0: Wow. How about, you mentioned his age, uh, or the ages of some of Bogdanovich. Uh, do you do you think that matters at this point with the, the developing core of... Uh, of Donovan and Rudy, does it? It would be getting older players help or hurt? Do they all have to sort of grow up together?
2: You know, I don't know that it's a huge factor at this point. I mean, that's the thing. You look at uh, the guy who they were trying to acquire midseason, Mike Conley. He's a little bit older. He's in his thirties, so he doesn't have to be someone necessarily on the same age range as as the main core they've got already i don't know that they would hate it if that happened um just because you know that that gives everyone kind of a chance to grow together going forward in years past this coming one but i think at this point honestly just given that rudy is due for a big raise coming up donovan is due for a big raise coming up you've got the financial wherewithal this summer to really add a key player who can augment the team's talent level. And so whoever that happens to be, you know, whatever, however old they happen to be, I think you've got to take that chance.
1: Eric we get so focused on on free agency let's talk about uh, trades for a second in the draft and I'm sure you don't have uh, 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 you know uh, uh, sources to report the Jazz are going to make a trade or anything by that but does your gut tell you whether uh, you think the Jazz might be actively shopping their first round pick or actively looking to make a move uh, on draft night
2: I don't know if they're actively looking at it I think that it's a definite possibility you know it's It's such a bizarre draft this year because I don't know how much attention you guys pay to the mock drafts, but uh, there's a lot of guys who you see mocked to the Jazz, and in one mock draft, you see a name at 23 with their first-round pick, and with another mock draft, you see the same name attributed to uh, their 53rd pick in the second round. So it really is kind of that type of draft this year. Walt Perrin, the team's uh, VP of player personnel, who's a guy who kind of oversees all their draft workouts, made a comment a week or two ago that this draft, a lot more than many others, is really kind of all about the eye of the beholder. So I think while there are players who they think can be productive if they wind up keeping the pick, they're certainly not opposed to dealing it if they find the right trait.
0: Eric, what do you make of what's going on in the uh, NBA Finals right now? Obviously, the story has been the, the injuries to the Warriors. Uh, what are you expecting next? Well,
2: so I guess we heard today that Clay Thompson is a go for Game 4 and Kevin Durant is out. So that really kind of makes things interesting. You know, you'd have to figure if KD is playing, that makes the Warriors prohibit favorites again. This way, I'm really kind of intrigued to see what happens. You know, Toronto has been really, really a lot more competitive than I thought it was going to be. You know, I wouldn't have been shocked if, you know, this thing had ended in five games in the Warriors' favor before uh, it all started if you asked me to make a prediction. But now we're kind of a little more on even footing. You know, for all the people out there who are upset about Kevin Durant joining the Warriors years ago saying... Here's one of the top three, four players in the league piling on to a team that was 73-9 and nine and came within seconds of winning back-to-back titles. Now all of a sudden, it's leveled out a little bit more, and um, it's really kind of a toss-up at this point, you know? Uh, Toronto's playing very well. Once Clay comes back, I expect we'll see Golden State play better than they did last night. Honestly, have no idea how it's going to go from this point.
1: Eric Walden with us from the Salt Lake Tribune, and Eric, I know you've been a coworker of Gordon's for a, for a while now, and uh, I'm sure you have some behind the scenes interaction that would give our uh, listeners a chuckle. Uh, anything you want to blindside Gordon with now?
2: Uh, you know, Gordon and I have uh, we had we had one little incident way back <laughs> when, and I promised him I would never reveal that. Uh, I'll just. Uh, I'll just say that the, sheriff, the new sheriff is in town and leave it at that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm Gordon Monsey. Yeah, yeah, Eric made his presence felt pretty early on, I'd say. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, That's pretty funny now that I look back at it. Uh, one thing I wanted to, to run by you, Eric, is what you thought about the league's action to this uh, minority owner, uh, the, I guess, investor or whatever you want to call him, and his interaction with Kyle Lowry and uh, the, the, the shove and the penalty. Do you think that the penalty fits the crime?
2: You know, so as the last I heard is that the penalty is these – Kind of indefinitely suspended and prohibited from uh, attending any more games. Is that is that
0: yeah. where it stands right now? Yep. Well, I thought it was a year, or was it? Oh, a the...
1: year and a half million dollars. Yeah, a year. A, year, uh, a, a year suspension and a half million dollar fine.
0: Okay,
2: I hadn't seen that update. Uh, honestly, you know, I, I think the guy should have been made to sell his share of the franchise. Um, you know, we saw. Commissioner Adam Silver kind of step in when uh, he felt that Donald Sterling had really gone, you know, to, to depths unseen before as owner of the Clippers. And he forced Donald Sterling to sell his ownership of the team. This guy, obviously, not quite as involved with the Warriors, but you can't do what he did. I mean, for all the issues that we've had this season with fan interactions with players, and here in Utah, we're intimately familiar with that. You can't put your hands on a player. You can't shove a player. And what was even the rationale for doing it? You know, because he was chasing a ball and dove in the front row and made a little bit of contact with the guy's wife. Clearly not intentional. To have him, a guy who's an investor in the team, react that way, honestly, I thought Adam Silver should have stepped in and told uh, the Warriors owners, you need to kick this guy out. You need to take some kind of action and get him out of here. Hmm.
1: Eric, you're doing a terrific job on the jazz beat, and we really appreciate you making a few minutes to come on with us, man. Thanks so much.
2: My pleasure, anytime, guys.
1: Thanks, Eric. Eric Walden covers jazz for the Salt Lake Tribune, and does a terrific job. You want to expand on new sheriff's in town? We want to. You want to get into that? Oh, no need to. But no, it's, it's funny.
0: It's 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 fine. He parked in your spot, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> How dare he!
1: I was like, uh, just just asking your coworkers over there at the trip, just just wondering if there's any good story. You know, I I've got good story Monson stories from the radio side of things. I'm just always curious if there's some good Monson stories from the trip. uh maybe. Uh huh. So yeah, I just I, I just got to ask. Now I'm going to have to ask him next time I see him off the air what that uh, what that was in reference. to. I think to. we ought to
0: have the open mic suggest what they think this was about.
1: That's a great idea.
0: You guys, are you really going to throw gas on a, on, a, on a fire that it was extinguished a long time ago? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. What's gasoline for?
1: <laughs> okay. Eric says uh, Gordon will remember, uh, and then adds. There's a new sheriff in town. Yeah. What was Eric talking about? (laughs) The open mic feature. Go to our Zone Sports Network app. You guys are too much. And you can record up to 15 seconds of audio. Hit send, and it goes right to Austin in the control room. It
0: certainly was nothing that uh, stood in the way of uh, a good relationship. I'll say it that way. But Mm. if you want to conflagrate it. Is that a word? That's a word. Look that up. I didn't know I was allowed to do that. (laughs) I thought that was against my religion. (laughs) You go blind doing that? Thou shalt not
1: conflagrate.
0: All right. So let's check that out real quick. I don't want to leave our listeners hanging. Uh this is important. That. How would you spell that? I'll tell you in just a second. Con flag you rate. <laughs> let's see, it says here <laughs> it says
1: uh to catch fire. Mm-hmm. So you used to it correctly. On fire.
0: Got lucky man, there.
1: Man. Yeah, you did get lucky there.
0: Like the visceral things, right,
1: Gordon? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll have more next. Stay tuned. Big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.